throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. You can have your whole week planned to the letter and it can all go Pete bloody tongue Pete bloody tongue <laughs> that's better than what I was actually going to say welcome to Powerful Nonsense the podcast hello everybody so <laughs> what were you just going to say Wayne I, I don't know what I was going to say I blanked you blanked out. A I bit, blanked. A bit like you did in this episode. It's, um, really, hey, really... <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> That's good. So um, this episode was a bit different because I was actually without my good friend, Mr. Wayne Ingram. Yeah. Schedules clashed again. The schedule, Schedules didn't clash. I just decided that you made no good in, uh, contributions. So I just um I thought for PR purposes we were keeping that quiet and uh, that the cover story was that it was a schedule thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, should we... Sh- let's keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> so, today, finally, we've been oh, trying God. to get this this interview done for a while. And we're really excited because we finally have Greg. What's his last name, Greg? Duggan. Greg Duggan. Sorry, Greg. A very busy man. So it very, took a, a, a lot of attempts to get him on. And as I said to him, I was like, it was a bit like um, what Gary Vaynerchuk says. you got to ask people like 20 times before mm-hmm. you get them on. You've got to be really, really persistent. And that's exactly what we had to do with Greg because it was really hard to get him into our schedule. But we finally got him on. Mm-hmm. We, was out, we, we were without Mr. Wayne Ingram, but I still think it went really well, if not better than usual. <laughs> well, it, had, it was missing a certain element. I feel. Yeah, we didn't mention Apple products once. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. But, so, we were really, really excited to get Greg on. Um, and I have listened to the interview. It is a very good one. Well done, Jem. Cheers, mate. Um, I think that's more because of Greg than because of you. But, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're really grateful for Greg taking a little bit of time out of his very busy day. Managed to squeeze 40 minutes out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think we should kind of let them listen and then talk after. Sounds like a good plan. I think so. So, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Duggan. Hi, Greg. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense podcast. Firstly, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and join us. It would be great if you could um, introduce yourself to our audience and let them know who you are and a little bit about your business. Sure, yeah. Um, my name's Greg Duggan. Again, I'm one of the co-founders of Weihei Ice Cream. It's a uh, high-protein, sugar-free, all-natural product. Uh, we've been on the market now about 18 months, um, going from strength to strength. Uh, that's pretty much me. Cool. Um, as I've tried the ice cream, it tastes great, so well done on that. Um, I was just wondering, like, where did the actual idea come from in the first place? Um, the idea actually came from uh, myself and Damien, my co-founder. Uh, we were working uh, on a master's at the same time in... Uh, uh, physiology and uh, elite level biomechanics uh, um, and through working with various models uh, and sort of elite level athletes as personal trainers uh, they consistently were asking us to spice up their nutrition program we were basically prescribing them chicken and broccoli at every single meal 
Um, and so after sort of giving them, you know, some attempts of tasty protein shakes and attempts of tasty protein bars, which just aren't very, uh, you know, nice to nice to eat or drink, um, we came up with a concept of uh, creating an ice cream because who doesn't like ice cream? True. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I read on a blog that That's you where guys, came from. <laughs> I read on a blog that you guys um, first initially got home. I think you went to the cinema when you saw ice cream. He's like, look, it'd be great to have a healthy ice cream. And then you went home and you've actually bought an ice cream maker. And I know yeah. a lot of sort of entrepreneurs that are starting out, they kind of have that amazing idea. They, they quickly register their domain name. They buy their business cards. You guys kind of quickly got your ice cream maker. Then what did you do after that? Yeah, so... Uh as I said, like we had the idea, um, and then it was actually going to the cinema. They stopped. We used to take our health and fitness very seriously ourselves, and we were losers with the Tupperware trying to walk into a cinema. And uh, the security <laughs> guard and said that we had to buy, you know, one of the um, condiments that were there, which was nachos, burgers, chips. So, uh, and then after seeing a huge ice cream brand in the cinema. Effort, we've got to do it, you know. Um, so yeah, that's where we bought the uh, ice cream maker actually on eBay on an app on the iPhone uh, for 140 <laughs> quid, secondhand ice cream maker. Went straight home, went home researching all the ingredients that we would require to make it all natural and sugar free and high in protein. Um, and then, yeah, went from there, uh, did it all in the flat. Um, bought big bags of white powder back to the uh, Brixton flat, which, as you can imagine, <laughs> caused quite a stir. Um, actually, ended up having the police come around really? our house. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, we did. Our neighbours started calling. But, uh, <laughs> hey, what can you do? So yeah, did, 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 that, the, did the police like the ice cream? Uh, we didn't actually have any made up for them, but we managed to sweet talk them into letting us go with our bag of uh, protein. So um, yeah, man, it was it. that's how it all began, and uh, ended up to create something that. Tasted pretty good. How did you go about like validating it, like making sure that there's a business with it? Yeah, well, um, to be honest with you, we didn't really know that there was one. Uh, we didn't have a business background, um, but we there was another cog, I guess, in, in the sort of aspiration behind wanting to do what we were doing um, at that time. I mean, my uh, my parents actually both of are both types diabetic um, and we went back to Ireland where they're based um, just to try to secure a manufacturer and uh, while we were doing all of that went to his family home and um, his mum was chowing through a uh, fat-free low-calorie frozen yogurt which actually happens to be round full of about 80 grams of fructose um, which is obviously a natural sugar which people automatically assume is good for them mm. when actually it's the worst form of sugar you could possibly eat um, and just the, these companies that are effectively lying to people about what a healthy lifestyle entails and you know what a healthy diet is, low calorie, low in fat, automatically means, well, 99.9% .9 of the time means it's high in sugar. Um, so for us, it really gave us sort of rocket fuel to want to, to push our product of, you know, we're not, terif we're, we're not scared in any way, shape or form about any of our ingredients. If anybody wants to have a conversation about our product or our nutritional profile, we will stand behind it and justify absolutely everything. If you ask a uh, anybody from a, f a frozen yogurt product, you know about sugar or about agave nectar, which is rebranded high fructose corn syrup. Mm. You ask them about this, they absolutely quake in their boots and go, "Holy crap! You found my Achilles heel." Um, so for us, yeah, that's what we're. I know I'm sounding a little bit. Um, negative here but it, it, it was a big push for us which is why we're now lined up with several NHS hospitals as well and providing the high 
high protein ice cream into there for recovery patients so um, you know it's yeah. funny you say that because i had the same conversation with my girlfriend this morning she was having a muller yogurt and you just see all right. this the sugars that are chucked in there fructose had aspartamine in there i was just shocked that this yogurt that was 97 calories was packed full of all this go. rubbish yeah unbelievable it's shocking but hey what but, can you do it's this whole it's this whole thing of people um you know, this whole push of like a calorie is a calorie and everybody should focus on specifically their calorific intake and whatever. Whereas, you know, anybody having, I don't know if they're recommended a 2000 calorie diet throughout their day, if all 2000 of those calories were sugar, you'd be dead by the time you were 20. Definitely. You know I think I mean? people don't understand sort of like that sort of chemical reactions having on the hormones and they just think, oh, well, exactly. that's why like the Weight, Watchers, the weight Watchers system with the biscuits and stuff, it just shocks me that they say, well, this is only this many calories, but they don't know what that's actually doing underneath. <laughs> that's exactly right, man. So uh, it's a real frustration of ours and it's something that we, we try to not push too far into the press because we don't want to come with this, you know, deadly serious product that is actually has a, a really big motive behind what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously we still have to stay true to our lovely fun ice cream um, background. But uh, yeah, that, that is what really motivates us to keep us going and challenge the, these huge companies that effectively are lying to people. So Definitely. I mean, you said um, that you came up with resistance from like 30 manufacturers because they totally didn't believe that you could make actual healthy ice cream. Like, How did you sort of deal with that rejection and when you knew that your business like being a success depended on you getting into these big stores? Yeah, well, to be honest, I mean, so the, the ice cream industry is very much, it's it's quite traditional and family orientated. So what we were doing was almost like blasphemy to the ice cream, uh, <laughs> tradi- uh, the ice cream uh, sector. So um, it really just reinforced actually that we were the only ones that were doing what we were doing at the time and that nobody had even thought about what we were doing. And we really did know that, I mean, don't get me wrong, we didn't go out and spend 20 grand on market research because we didn't have that sort of capital back then. Um, but we we just had this sort of, I mean, it's confidence within yourself, but it's also having, you know, just close friends and family give you a really honest opinion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, one thing I heard about that really shocked us. Yeah, definitely. One thing that stood out to me that you said was, um, I think it was at the talk that I actually saw you and I wanted to get in contact with you. You spoke about this poem that you sort of sent to Ocado. Could you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so uh, this is the whole thing of when you realize the, the, the power the buyer has for, for any given retailer. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really, I mean, they have hundreds of thousands of products come through their doors every year. Um, so in order to get their attention, uh, just having a product isn't enough because I'm sure that there are other plenty of unique products that are in different spaces uh, coming through the door every day for them. So uh, for us, after weeks and weeks and months and months of calling, um, the retailer, uh, we ended up writing her a poem. Uh, it was around Valentine's Day, and so we wrote her a poem from an ice cream pot. Um, and she actually did call us back two days later because she read the poem, which was nice. And how do you think, like um, young people? I mean, they have to kind of get that sort of mentality when it comes to their CVs or when it comes to trying to get a job. Like, do you have any advice that you'd say for how do you create like a standout product, write a poem, or what other things can young people be doing? Um, for me, it's it, the whole thing begins with with your own ability to grind, your own your own ability or your own want to actually, you know, whether people are just going out just to get a job, just to get by, or whatever else, you're going to really struggle unless there is something that you either you're going to want to earn money or you're going to want to work through passion and do something that you're going to wake up every morning and say this is exactly what I want to do. You might get paid tuppence to do it. But one of those two things, in my humble opinion, is is a big motivator. So if you want to go out and earn big money, then go out with a big, you know, uh, how do I say, like a, a really big motive behind you and show people why it is that they should employ you over someone else. 
Um, and in terms of working for your own passion, I would recommend starting out by yourself uh, or, or getting experience at least with other people um, in the same sort of sector while you're young. But uh, your stamina doesn't last your entire life. I mean, I'm only 27 and I'm already feeling like I'm 40. <laughs> I've, been, I've been on this journey for just coming up to, I guess, two and a half years. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been hard. It's been fun, but it's been really, really hard. Uh, so, that, you know, that level of stamina is not going to last, and I'm fully aware of that. So if you're below the age of, I'd say, around 35, 38, then unless, you know, you're different to me and you have the stamina of an ox. You mentioned that you had three part-time jobs while you were trying to get the business off the ground. I think a lot of young people start a business and kind of think, okay, I'm going all in. How important was it to you to kind of have these jobs on the side and have a little bit of income actually coming in? I was delivering sandwiches and I had a Abercrombie and Fit modeling stuff. Um, so between those three jobs, you sort of then find the time to... Yeah, as long as you make it clear to yourself that uh, obviously, no, none of those three jobs, other than teaching, which I, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of in the future, um, but none of those three jobs were my passion. It was, it was nothing. You know, it was just a. I actually work towards uh, something that genuinely excited me. You know, all, all of that, all of that stuff, and pursue the passion. You could only sleep for four hours a night. I know a lot of people say it, and it kind of sounds cringing at this stage because all of this motivational bollocks that's out there <laughs> kind of just washes over you because it's just the same shit, just recycled and recycled. Um, but genuinely. But the message seems to be lost because it's so overpaid. But if you do not have the passion to go out and do what it is that you want to do, you are not going to succeed. You have to, you know, be able to want to chew another man's arm off to want to get there. That's how much you have to have to have want to get it. So definitely. I mean, you. Um, I also read that you said you sold everything to get the business off the ground. Was was that sort of your way of sort of burning the ships and saying like this is happening? Yeah, that's right. I mean, when we got the first order from um, from Holland and Barrett, who were our first sort of big multiple. Uh, that's when, yeah, we realized myself and Damien that we we had to go all in. So begged and borrowed from friends and family, you know, told them we were going to be the next Red Bull of the freezer aisle, just <laughs> selling everybody the dream as much as we could. And um, there's actually an amazing book by uh, an author who was unfortunately passed away about three months ago uh, by a guy called Felix Dennis. You probably know of him. Um, but Felix Dennis uh, wrote a book. It's got a lame title, but it's, it's all a joke, really. But it's called How to Get Rich by Felix Dennis. Okay. Um, it is absolutely, if you, if you have time to read that, I, I would 100% recommend or anybody that's listening. Um, just because it gives you an incredibly real and honest depiction of what it's like to actually start your own, your own venture and how disgustingly stressful it is and how it is nothing like Dragon's Den and The Apprentice make it out to be. You know, it is not. It is not sort of this glorious walk to to triumph. Um, it's a disgusting crawl through the trenches, but it's <laughs> right. But it's worth it, is it? Of course, it is. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you hear horror stories of people getting it all all wrong and and going bust and whatever. But it, as I said, if you have, have that drive, if you have that want, you'll stand up and follow it. Um, if you really want it, you, know, but you see people go to the wayside and fail and whatever else, and they never back up because they, you know they're a failure in the art. But if you can get over all of that shit and just keep on going. I think you said before that you were sort of like a lifeguard. Were there any sort of points in your business that you felt you guys were proper sinking and you thought you weren't going to get out of it? Uh, yeah, man. There's, um, if you go onto our website, you can see our story. And although we sort of set it up to look like um, you know, whoopsie daisies, there goes 40 grand's worth of ice cream. <laughs> uh, when all our ice cream melted after borrowing and uh, about 40k from friends and family and selling everything that we owned, including wow. cars, you know, whatever else. Um, we, uh, yeah, that was dark. So we basically left the ice cream on a Friday night, 
uh, went out sort of celebrating Saturday and Sunday saying, Jesus, you know, we've made it into Holland and Barrett, we're on our way. Came back Monday morning and all the ice cream had melted um, because the freezer had shut down. Again, we didn't have any insurance because we were amateurs back then. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. Um, and yeah, 40 grand's worth of product. All of our assets that had been converted into ice cream then been converted into a river of ice cream. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a dark time. And, what, what, uh, yeah, what did you feel like? How did you how did you think you was going to get over that? Like, weren't that just enough? You just, I'll be honest, you like, uh, it's like a mixture of you panic at first and you think because you automatically think there's got to be a solution because you try to force yourself into this positive frame of mind the whole time uh, but then you kind of roll on your back and submit to the fact that there's no point in panicking because you've literally just fucked the whole thing up um, and you've got to start again but if you're open and honest with people you know, ask them for help along the way everyone's willing to help whenever everyone reaches out to me for help um, you know I'll always to, to, to do what I can and nature in the real world everybody wants to help each other and help each other to you know succeed in whatever realm that they're in so ne don't ever be afraid to ask a question or ask for help definitely i mean how important was it that you had like damien a friend to sort of share that journey with or when you turn up and that ice cream was melted and a stream running down the ahead most of you? important thing i do not know how anyone does it by themselves for me that's rule 101 get yourself a business partner that you trust like i know it's very hard to find people that you can trust but uh Damien was a friend uh, before we went into business and everyone was saying, you know, don't go into business with a friend and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And although sometimes, you know, we beat the shit out of each other and because we spend too much time together in business and then socially and whatever else. But the bottom line is, is that he's the only person I would ever trust um, within the business world. So there's this, but at the same time, like you said, you, I would never have been able to have got through 90% of the things that we've been through without a business partner without Damien so I don't know how people do it by themselves <laughs> yeah definitely I think you have to kind of outsource yourself or sometimes if you're feeling bad the other one sort of balances it out with the positive attitude and you kind of go give each other a leg up in a way <laughs> yeah that's right and as long as you know that someone else is going through what you're going through and someone else can understand what you're going through it, it's it's okay I have such admiration for people that have done it by themselves I think it's incredible but uh yeah um, as you say, like your product is a massively health-oriented product. Like, what is the relationship between health and success? I mean, if you're working 10, 20 hours, however long hours you're putting in a day, how important is it to keep yourself in shape? Because I know you're in pretty good shape yourself. I used to be. <laughs> well, I saw you still had guns <laughs> when I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. Um, but no, they. Uh, I'll be honest, the, the, the gym... And the health and fitness sort of world is almost like becomes a, a privilege when you when you put your you know when you take your work into your own hands. I'm sounding very dramatic here, but I do mean every word that I say. It's not all all, all sort of doom and gloom. I mean, there are massive rainbows where you get a you know a giant sort of feeling of, of, of euphoria through what you've done. But um, yeah, in terms of health and fitness, uh, for me, it's kind of it's non-existent at the moment. But um, but I'm really don't have the time. But uh, I'm back into it once I'm, I'm able to delegate to certain people in the business um so yeah you're saying about delegation there like how do you know when it's right i mean i think you spoke about um bringing in experts how do you know when you're ready to sort of bring in extra hands or i mean if, if you're if you now can't go to the gym is that sort of holding you back in certain aspects of your own self-care like how's when do you know when to pull in the experts so that you're not so you get a bit more balance back into your life in a way well there's a there's a quote from the Dalai Lama that said uh I can't remember the exact thing, but I'll try. Um, so something to do with 
uh, how insane man must be to spend all of his health trying to make money only to spend all of his money trying to get his health back. Yeah, yeah I've heard um, that one. <laughs> yeah, which is definitely the sort of the, the journey that I feel like I'm on, even though I'm I'm selling health and I'm selling a health product. And obviously, you have to you have to live your own product. So. I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd never let my diet slip because I take my diet very seriously. But in terms of training in gym, I mean, I'm just treating it as taking a couple of years off and then I'll start taking it seriously again. But in terms of delegation and timings for that, for me, really, it, it's all to do with, with financially. Can your business handle another salary? Um, and if it can, then I would say the first thing to do is start hiring instead of uh, spending money on you know other materials like marketing or whatever else. First thing I would do is is get a, a head of operations really that can. It depends what product obviously you're running, but for the FMCG market for for where we are, um, it was getting a head of operations in that had experience within a corporate uh, company. So that's what we have now, which is fantastic. So they take care of all. All of the stuff that literally gives you, you know, migraines like uh, supply chain, manufacturing relations, uh, retailer relations, all the stuff that can go horrifically wrong and is the lifeblood of your business. When you can hand that over to someone, yeah, you know, you know you're on the right path. So definitely. Um, do you have any sort of like? Um, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs talk about like morning routines, or do you have certain routines before you go to bed that sort of keep you productive? Do you have one? Um, I'd like to say yes because I used to have all sorts of routines, but. Now it's literally just fall asleep when I feel like I want to pass out and wake up every morning at five thirty <laughs> or six. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, do you think but, um, it's? Um, do you think your sort of um, routine has dropped out because the business is growing really fast? I mean, is that something you sort of feel like you need to readdress? I mean, if you're being knackered and you're not having time to look after yourself, is that is that what you want? Or is yeah, it kind of like, um, do the work now and then get the payback later? Or is 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 there a longer game like? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a long game, um, and it is all a game. Making money is all a game. It's important that, you're, that everybody remembers that because sometimes you can get so emotionally involved in it, and if you don't step back and recognize it, it's actually just one massive game, which can really help, actually, when, uh, when you, you're thinking that you're, you know, whatever else, when you're stressed out to the max. Um, but, uh, sorry, the question was a lot, a lot. Where was the question? Sorry, what was to be it? honest, I asked about 10 questions in one go. I was just like, obviously, you're growing. <laughs> Well, initially it was about morning routines and I sort of moved on. Like, I mean, oh, that, yeah, you yeah. sound like at the moment you're a bit more, there's so much going on that you haven't even got time to focus on yourself. Is that something you want or is that something you're looking at reassessing yourself or? Yeah, so it's effectively, um, so I tried to take a holiday last year mm-hmm. and um, I went out of the country uh, to somewhere simple. I just went to Spain um, and I actually ended up more stressed out than I was in the UK um, because I was checking my emails every five minutes, waiting for some sort of catastrophe. I mean, working with ice cream is a nightmare because obviously it's got, <laughs> I can imagine got the whole frozen chain issue. It really is, man. Jesus. But um, <laughs> so yeah, like uh, actually going on holiday and forcing myself to relax didn't help at all. Um, so it's really realizing, like I said, it, like, it's a long game, and uh, investing all of your time and emotion and uh, you know social space into business if you really want make it happen because I'd never forgive myself if a giant opportunity came along let's say for example we're actually just about to take on actually just about to move into the states into America it's going to be a little bit of a long journey but we are very much on our way there because that's where our bread and butter is in terms of the uh, education of our demographic uh, knowing full well the benefits of protein and the issues with eating too much sugar mm-hmm. um, so if I there was I won't go into the, the intricacies of it but basically there was a week period whereby 
I could have taken some time off and shifted around some meetings to not meet potential investors and whatever else. Um, but I decided that I, I wouldn't take the time off and that I would take the meetings. And as a result of all of that, all of the America um, discussions have continued in the way that they should have. And if I didn't take those meetings, then it definitely wouldn't have. Um, so it's really just biting at every single opportunity that you have with every with everything that you do have in, in, in your arsenal, you know. So it's just... Yeah, saying yes to everything and, and going full at it. And thank you that you said yes to this interview. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. Um, I mean, you speak a lot at a lot of these events, like with the one I saw you at with the young people. Like, What sort of um, fears do you mainly see young people or people coming up to you with who kind of have an idea? What's the sort of main fear they say? What you see uh, yeah, no, the main fear is, I mean, typically it's raising finance, it's money. But um, money is actually quite easy to get a hold of as, as long as you're um, you know you're showing I mean you have to bear in mind that the people that typically have money will be quite a lot older than you they would have gone through some level of journey themselves um, and part of them I mean it's an emotional thing for them I mean they they almost want to feel as though they can go through the journey again sort of vicariously through you so mm -hmm. as long as you're showing that you have a giant level of passion within what you're doing and you know you have a really solid business plan and you're willing to go that extra mile um, as long as you have all those all those traits, um, no matter what your product is, I mean, everybody says, you know, oh, it's such a great idea. It's nothing to do with the idea, in my opinion. It's it's actually to do with the execution, because um, there's so many good ideas that have gone flying down the pan because it wasn't executed properly, because it wasn't in the right people's hands. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, in terms of raising finance and stuff, which is what a lot of the, the fear that a lot of people have and you know they worry about financial instability if they quit their job and go full time and all this sort of thing. I, uh, I keep going back to it but if you have that drive, that, that spark inside your chest where you get so excited over, over your idea and the idea or, or the ideal of the journey that you want to go on and you can convince someone else to come inside your brain and share that with you, you will excite them and they will give you money and then you can go on the journey. But if you don't have that, then then give up from the start because there's no point going, in my humble opinion. I mean, you said you left university. Um, do you think university gave you any sort of business skills or what sort of skills do you think like young people are seriously lacking when they come out of education? Um, not to rip off Richard Branson at all, but but uh, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know whether to say it or not, but yeah, no, university for me is um, looking back on it all I really learned to do was uh, drink and make friends and <laughs> no but really I mean no, 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 it's, true. it's three years of your life man um, where you do have the most stamina that you're ever going to have and probably the, the most enthusiasm that you're ever going to have um, and so unless you know in my yeah unless you you plan after a university degree after you know going through a master's or phd unless you want to get into education um, or into further education then i wouldn't say go through the paces and go to university i speak to, to young people like here i guess 17 18 years old who will probably think shut the fuck up greg i want to go to university and get drunk but he persists the reason why you're going to university um, like sit down and just think to yourself you know why is it that I want to go here? What is it going to get me? After these three years, I have this certificate, this piece of paper. I've spent three years somewhere. I don't have a 2-1 or above. I basically just said that I've been a bum for three years. So <laughs> you know, what is it that you want to do uh, after university? And that plan, it shouldn't come to you while you're at university. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of being a hypocrite here because I did go to uni and I don't really feel like it helped me 
terms of, of where what I'm doing now because I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I went to uni. But uh, it's a big commitment, and you know, student loan is 30, 30 to thirty. Well, a lot higher than that now. It's up to eighty k. Well, my little sister's paying eighty k after four years of education. So that's painful, man. You know, Definitely. buy a house for God's sake. I know because I was the same. I mean, I left, and then you kind of okay, you got your degree, and then you start planning what you want to do with your life or what's next. And it's it's quite a shame, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and although I sort of slated the the programs, Dragons Den and Apprentice and whatever else earlier, it does sort of uh, give a nice message about you know the whole anyone can do it and whatever, and anyone can do it. I mean. Especially like when you see those guys. <laughs> yeah, Richard Branson, Duncan Bannatine, you know, Theopathetus, the whole lot, and everybody sort of drums on about how much you do not need university. It's all about life experience. I definitely do have a very similar view, but maybe not quite as strong as theirs because, you know, I do very much, I'm sure they do as well, but I, I do very much believe in further education mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, which is fantastic. But when you see these students that are just at university to, you know, be a part of the student union and go out in crazy costumes and stuff for three years uh it's not really the most wonderful um well yeah depends how serious you want to take your life i guess i'm not about to judge anybody but that's my opinion cool i'm gonna start i know you've got 30 minutes coming up to 30 minutes so we kind of um wrap it up towards the end obviously the um podcast is called powerful nonsense so we asked uh, our guests two questions and the first one is what's the most powerful piece of advice you've ever been given and the second one is what's the biggest load of nonsense you've ever heard when it comes to business or anything, actually, anything in life. <laughs> Blindsiding here. Should have prepared something. Um, <laughs> the most powerful piece of advice I've ever been given. Um, um, one of them is actually from my dad. It's a, it's a story of um, the, a frog and the scorpion. Have you heard of this story? Yeah, I think he's at the crossing the river one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, go ahead, I'll, tell it. I can quickly recite it for you. So this is it's effectively all about... Um, how people are as they are you have no control over external factors and uh, sometimes it's much better to move on and uh, focus on positivity than you know dwell on on reasons as to why somebody might be a uh, you know unempathetic or or horrific person so rather than focusing on that it's all about just moving on and recognizing that you have no control anyway i'll tell it very very quickly so um basically a frog uh, was hopping along down by the riverside when a scorpion came down by the river to, to meet him. And uh, the scorpion realized that he couldn't cross the river without the frog's help. So walked over to the frog and said, uh, do you mind if you give me a lift across the river? And uh, the frog turns around and says, why would I want to do that? You're going to sting me in the back and eat me. Um, so the scorpion says, no, 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 come on. So the frog goes away, has a little think in the dragon's den corner. <laughs> and um, the uh, frog then comes back and says, okay, I'll give you a lift back, I'll give you a cross uh, the river. So scorpion jumps on his back and they're swimming along, scorpion's just above the scorpion, scorpion just above the frog keeping out of the water and then halfway across the river, the frog feels a sting in the back of his neck and uh, they both start floating down towards the riverbed and just before they're both about to drown, the frog turns to the scorpion and says, why did you sting me? And the scorpion says, because I'm a scorpion. So the whole purpose of it is that uh, people don't change typically and you especially cannot force people to change. And Sometimes it's just better to accept things and move on um, in your own journey. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one powerful piece of advice yeah, my dad gave stuff. me. Um, I love that story. Uh, no, a lot of people really kind good. of when you say, because I'm a scorpion, look at you as though you're a weirdo unless you kind of explain it beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the most nonsense. Now, what's a load of nonsense you've heard that you've heard? So many people say, but you think, that's just a load of nonsense. 
um, probably a lot of the shit that I said in this interview. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. Let me think. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this sounds cringing, but protein ice cream will never work. Um, it was a load of nonsense. There were certain retailers that we are now in and outselling every other ice cream eight to one within those retailers. I won't say who they are. But um, it took us about six months to get into them because when we first went to them with the product, they effectively said that there was no market and that the idea was crazy and that we should come back with a protein drink or something and then they might list us because nobody wanted to do – because we are the first frozen product within the protein sector. Mm -hmm. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So you know, doing that and creating a whole frozen distribution chain, selling people freezers that would never normally carry freezers, that whole thing was a really difficult challenge. So the first sort of six months of the company was, it was going through hell. It was really hard, the amount of obstacles that we had. Um, and lots of people told us that it wouldn't work. And myself and Damien genuinely did believe that that was nonsense because we, we, we just kept on focusing on the bigger picture. And it excited us. You know, We enjoyed working. When our ice cream didn't melt, we did anyway. So, um, <laughs> you, so, yeah. you mentioned um, one book in there. Is there any other books that you just think that like any young person you need to get your hands, you have to read these, these books? Is there like one or three books maybe? Three books. Um, yes. I would also go with Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Um, that's not really more, that's not really directed towards business, but it is very much to do with um, getting a hold of your own emotions. Because going through uh, an entrepreneurial experience is an emotional roller coaster. I hope I've made that clear by now. <laughs> uh, and this book really just helps you recognize that actually all of your emotions are an extension of a physiological uh, happening. So, say for example, I was to slap you in the face, your initial response is always physiological. So, that big rush of adrenaline that you get and that sort of spike in your skin and that want to hit me back, all of that is purely physiological because you haven't had the chance to actually process the initial stimulus that I've given you by slapping you. So it's just recognizing that you know you can control that initial physiological response and sort of maintain a level head and make correct decisions. Damien, what was the name? Damien's here actually. Damien, Hello, what Damien. was the name of that book? <laughs> the book um, that, you, that you read that you said, Heard? Heard. Grow or Heard. Grow or Heard. And who are they by? Grow by Jim Stengel. Grow by Jim Stengel. Apparently okay. it's an absolutely fantastic book. I haven't had an opportunity to read it yet. Check that. Cool. Is that your, is that your list then? Yeah, that's Any the list. Other? That's the three. Cool. So um, if anybody out there likes the sound of this ice cream, I think it's amazing. I've tried it. It tastes delicious. It's really thick, really creamy. I love it. So um, how could people get hold of this ice cream or how could somebody get hold of you guys? <laughs> So yeah, you can get hold of Weihei Ice Cream uh, at a hell of a lot of independent stores. You can also get a hold of it at Ocado, Whole Foods, Holland and Barrett. Uh, we're actually launching into Odeon Cinemas as well, um, which is a really sort of massive achievement for us going sort of uh, into that realm of, of uh, mass consumerism, I guess, and going away from our target demographic of just specifically health and fitness as the protein message gradually expands. Um, and then also Compass Group as well, which will get us into a hell of a lot of um, sort of basically anywhere where you see a freezer um, <laughs> with a particular company on it um, you'll also see Weihei ice cream in the very near future um, as well as that we're also speaking to some some of the big four or the groceries uh, but that won't be for, for a little while so yeah 
Um, so that's where we're at. And uh, yeah, as you said, it's creamy, delicious, sugar-free, all natural, high in protein. It's called Weihei Ice Cream. And we also actually have a really cool announcement that's happening tomorrow, but I can give you We've got an exclusive. <laughs> an exclusive on it today. You do actually have an exclusive because we're going to announce it tomorrow morning. But uh, we are launching a new flavor called Banoffee. Mm. Um, and the Banoffee flavor is called Banoffee Check Your Toffees because we're in association. We're actually an official partner of Movember this year. Okay. So wow. we are the official Movember ice cream, which is pretty cool. Um, so through that, we're going to be getting uh, sort of a hell of a lot of traction through press and PR, um, through backing um, the Movember campaign. Because like myself and Damien said, we really do want to make a difference with, with what we're doing and, and sort of stand behind the things that we believe in. And we think that what Movember do is fantastic as a charity, especially making you know a charitable cause so cool because what's not cooler than growing a moustache when you're, you know... <laughs> So you ready to grow your moustache? Yeah, man, we're all ready. We've got our shave off planned on Friday. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we're going to go for the handlebar this year, I think. Nice one. Well, cool. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day. I know it's been a while trying to get you on, and I know you sound like a busy guy, so I know spending 40 minutes with me is a, is a real pleasure. So thank you so much. I likewise. I appreciate it, man. Take care. See you thank later. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Greg Duggan of Way Hey. Wahey! And I think that was actually the story of why he called it Wahey. They went on a trip and then, I didn't, he didn't mention that, they went on a trip and they heard this dude who just went, Wahey! Oh, and really? <laughs> and they were like, that, that's it. That's, that's the name, it. that's it, it's sorted. Brilliant. And actually, I do want to touch on, on Wahey ice cream a little bit because I don't think it really got as much praise as the actual product in the oh, interview. Oh, it's well nice though, it isn't is it? It's amazing. If you've ever tried gelato, Yes. Which have you tried gelato? I've tried gelato, and also uh, it reminded me a bit of like Turkish ice cream as well, because Turkish okay. ice cream is like really thick and mm-hmm. like proper creamy. Um, num, num, uh-huh. num. And it's kind of got the same texture as gelato, which I thought, which is amazingly nice. Anyway, and we tried the strawberry flavour, mm-hmm. and to me, it tasted like strawberry. To chewings. be honest, we have got to get on the banoffee. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. It's, I'm actually really gutted that because I wasn't there and we've had to call, record the intro and outro on separate days because of schedules and stuff, that actually we didn't get the exclusive out. Because the announcement's out already. I know. And I'm depressing. so gutted about that. Never mind. We because just... we could have been like, we could have been on it, we could have been like, look guys, exclusive. That is you why you have first. to move fast and you have to get your I ass know, in gear, I know, Wayne. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you think anyway? What did you think of Greg? Um, I actually thought it was a really refreshing interview. Um, I think I said this to you over Facebook. Um, it was very different. And I think what I really liked about his outlook was the fact that, although he said, I don't want to sound doom and gloom, he really took it from the other side. I mean, you can so often hear interviews where everybody's like, everything's great, I'm an entrepreneur, woohoo! <laughs> um, whereas I kind of felt like, Greg was kind of going, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur and it's great, but yeah, sort of this is all the shit bit. that comes with it. Yeah, he didn't say, well, you know, I'm on the beach relaxing with my cocktails. He was like, this is the hard work that uh-huh. you have to put in. But I think as well, that's just sort of his passion really came across. It's like mm-hmm. you knew that although there was so much hard work involved, at the same time, he wouldn't want to do anything else. No. And he was so like passionate about making sure that he was creating a product mm-hmm. that would help people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I- bloody tasty. <laughs> it is. It is. Mmm. Um, I want to find the nearest Holland and Barrett so I can get some on a regular basis because I love ice cream. I know when I went, there was like not enough tubs there. I was like, you better restock those. 
yeah, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to raid the place of the Wei Hei ice cream. <laughs> but I genuinely think that like products like Wei Hei are definitely going to be like the food companies of the future. It's definitely. like people who are like not afraid to sort of say what's in this product, how, mm-hmm. what kind of effect it's going to have on mm-hmm. you. And I mean, it's not very often you get someone who's making a product and he's actually happy to come and talk on a podcast openly about mm-hmm. it, about their journey, about the product. And I just think, yeah, I, I want to see more food companies like that in the yeah, future. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think it is, as, as he says, there are so many companies out there. There was a documentary done about it about a year ago, I think, about all these health labels. Yes, it might contain fruit, real fruit juice, but what else does it contain? Like, that's that's fine that it contains real fruit juice, but that's not enough on its own. And, and the fact that they've managed to create a 100% healthy product, I think it's great. Definitely. And it's a sweet product. It's a guilty pleasure. Definitely. And it's good for you. What the hell? And what I, what I like as well is like what he said, like it related to his family. It's like his, it was his mum and dad who had like diabetes. And it's mm-hmm. that's what you need. You need people who care enough because they've got such a connection with it. They're not just mm-hmm. putting out a product because they're saying they oh, I want to make money. They actually understand that they care about the consumer. They mm-hmm. want the consumer to have a great taste, but also like look after themselves. Like yeah. food does not, tasty food does not have to be unhealthy. No. And I think that's just the way it, things have to move. Mm-hmm. So, great interview. I'm really, really happy with it. I think you did a, a good job despite my absence. Oh, Jim. thank you very much. Obviously, it would have been much better if I had been there, but never mind. Well, um. we'll let the audience decide. <laughs> um, so, how can the audience decide? Oh, wow, I like what you did there. Well, you can contact us via the emails. Which are? For me, Wayne at PowerfulNonsense.com. And me, Jem at PowerfulNonsense.com, and that's Jem spelled C-E-M. And if you like the Twitters... Yes. Then you can tweet, tweet, or... Twat. <laughs> the other one. Um, me at Wayne underscore Ingram. Or you can tweet me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. Yes, indeed. Now, also... Also. There was mentions of books. There were books, but there was the one particular book which he said you must read, which mm-hmm. was How to How to Get Rich. Yeah, How yes. to Get Rich by Dean Dennis Felix. And um, that is actually available on Audible to download. So if you go to audibletrial.com slash nonsense, you can actually get that for free. Yes. A free book. A free book. And it's uh, Greg Duggan approved. So I think I think we should have a little stamp. <laughs> Greg Duggan approved. So definitely get your free book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the link. And um, again, if, if you found this uh, podcast useful, like please share it out to anyone. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people who are thinking about starting food businesses or kind of like, like Wayne said there, like just to have that balanced argument of what entrepreneurship's all about. So uh-huh. share it out to people. Yes, and leave a review. We love reviews. On iTunes. Yeah. It'd be great if you could. Five star only. Yeah, five star only, because anything less is just, you're wrong. And then we'll have to mix up our graphics as well, which is a pain. So, that's all. It is. We will catch you on the flip side. On the flip side, brothers and sisters. See you later. (laughs) Bye.